Oh, come on. Let's give Jesus a mighty hand clap of praise. Oh, yeah. King of kings and Lord of lords. Mighty deliverer. Mighty God. How awesome. How awesome. Come on, high five somebody and tell them Africa has, has arrived. Thank you, Pastor Jack and Pastor Carol, Pastor Messer. What a privilege. All of the amazing guests and the homeboys and girls. How wonderful to be back. A thousand days. Oh, my goodness. Seems like a thousand years in some ways. But thank God a day. A thousand days is like a, what does it say? A th- awesome in the presence of God. It's so good to be together. Greetings to you. Pastor Carol from Miss Amy, special greetings to you, indeed, and to the entire church. Spoke with her this afternoon, and uh, we're just blessed. It's such an honor, such a joy to to be here at uh, Imaginations Church and to come with Alan, my son-in-law. He's married to our third daughter, Rebecca, as Pastor Jack said. Uh, He stole her away from us a few years ago. But we're all good. We're all good. We're happy. He's an amazing, amazing uh, man of God, and just a joy to be together here with him. I want to go to the Word of God just straight uh, for the next couple of hours, and uh, we're just going to have a, an amazing time. God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for the cause. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to be together this evening. Open our hearts, God, as we've come together for your purposes to be fulfilled through us in these next days. God, we thank you and we honor you and we ask that your word just be revealed to our hearts in a supernatural way in these next moments. In Jesus' name. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I thank him who enabled me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he counted me faithful, appointing me to service. Although I used to be a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent, however, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. The grace of our Lord abounded exceedingly with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. The saying is faithful and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this cause, for this cause, I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might display all his patience for an example of those who were going to believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone, alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.
Can we give Jesus a mighty ovation of praise? Now to the king eternal. However, for this cause, I obtain mercy. That in me, all his patience might be displayed for an example of those who were going to believe in him for eternal life, for this cause. Now to the king eternal. I want to take the next few moments and minister on the theme that has brought us together this year, a king and a cause. A king and a cause. The dictionary describes a cause as a principle, an ideal, a goal, or movement to which a person or a group is dedicated. A principle, an ideal, a goal, or a movement to which a person or a group is dedicated. In the world today, we have various causes. We have the human rights cause. We have the socialist cause, eons of causes. All of them pale in comparison to the cause of the king eternal. All of them pale in comparison to the cause of the king eternal and immortal and invisible, the only wise God. Why is this? Because Christ's cause is not formulated around a mere set of principles or ideals with the goal of establishing a movement. Oh, no, his cause is founded upon the truth that all men are born into sin, separated from God. His cause centers around the truth of God's love for fallen man. So great is that love that it drove a king to leave heaven, taking upon himself a robe of flesh, entering our darkness to seek and to save that which was lost, taking our place in death, rising again in victory. The cause of this king is so immense, it's so incredible that it requires everything of everyone that's involved in it. The cause of this king is so incredible that it requires everything of everyone involved in it. His cause has brought us together this week. As we have already seen, as Pastor Mitch and Belinda were introducing from Liberia, from all over, his cause is so incredible that we've come together this week from various parts of the globe Now unto the king, for this cause, for this cause. Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible. Those words written by a man who God captured on the road to Damascus with letters of authority in his possession to take to captive any person who would be found in the way but Jesus knocked this man off of his donkey 
And what transpired from that, we all know. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest missionary ever was, Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. And I want to take a few moments tonight, and I want to talk of and share a few keys from Paul's life. This individual use of God to advance the cause of the King of Kings, demonstrating that King's love, as we sang of earlier, that power and that grace to a waiting world, some keys from this man's life. One that I want us to consider in the remaining moments this evening is from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26. The first part of that verse says, In hard traveling, year in and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storm, a king and a cause. Here's the first key to this incredible man's life who as one called of God took the gospel to the entire known world of that day. And here's the key. I've been at risk. I've been at risk in the city. I've been at risk in the country. Here's our takeaway. Dare to be a risk taker. Dare to be a risk taker. This is one of the great keys of Paul's life as being the individual used of God to advance the cause of the king. Dare to be a risk taker. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident within us. <clears throat> the Christian life, and especially serving the king's cause, it carries with it a risk factor. Come on, I'm going to... I'm really going to start preaching now. I just kind of laid, we just kind of circled the airport. Now we're going to start preaching this thing. Because this is something that by the grace and the mercy and the help of God, we've been living out in Africa. A risk factor. The Christian life, and especially serving the king's cause, it carries with it, a risk factor. When we set ourselves to follow Jesus, and especially when we determine to be involved in heralding the sound of grace, in heralding the sound of the good news, and setting ourselves together as we are here to this week, focusing our hearts together in faith, promising, uniting ourselves together to see nations reached, to see lives transformed, to see churches planted. There will be opposing forces leveled at us. And if we're going to get anywhere with God, we have to be prepared. If we're going to get anywhere in fulfilling missions, we have to be prepared to take risks. 
Now, when we speak of daring to take risk, we're not talking about the chance aspect of risk. I want us to understand this. We're not talking about the chance aspect of risk. There's nothing like chance with God. We don't say, I'm going to take a chance and trust God. I'm, I'm going to chance it and fill out a missions faith promise card. God is not a God of chance. We don't purchase a lottery ticket and command that our number be selected in the name of Jesus. Have you done that? How did that work out for you? When we speak of daring, it's in the sense of being bold and being courageous in advancing the kingdom, regardless of the risk involved. And I know, be covering this more on Sunday, but I know that we're together with a mighty group of courageous people here. And we are courageous. And we're going forward, regardless of the risk involved. The word risk means exposure to possible loss. It means hazard or danger to venture upon, dare to go, to brave the dangers of, to undertake when opposition or resistance, resistance appears likely to follow. That's the word risk, exposure to possible loss, hazard or danger to venture upon, to dare to go like Dora. Pastor Dora, brave the dangers of, to undertake when opposition or resistance appears likely to follow. Church, God wants us to take risks in faith. It's not a matter of chance. It's, as Pastor Terry was saying, risk in faith, in faith. The reason being, it's by faith that we advance. It's by faith that we get to the next level. It's by faith that we plant churches. It's by faith that we provide surgeries. It's by faith that we bring change to someone's life, to a village somewhere. Deep in the Amazon. It's by faith. If we wait for everything to fall into place, we will never move out in faith. We, we will simply play it safe. You see, the woman with the issue of blood, having suffered for 12 years, spending all her living, the Bible says, on physicians, she determined to make her way to Jesus and touch his robe. And upon doing so, Jesus felt power leave from him. He turned around and he asked, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples told Jesus that, with the crowd pushing and jostling him, dozens had touched him. But Jesus kept on asking, and finally the woman came forward. And listen to these passages from Mark chapter 5 and verse 33. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, she stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him, and gave him the whole story. Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith. And now you're healed and whole. Live well. Live blessed. Be healed of your plague. Is there anyone in Imagination's church tonight ready and willing to take a risk in faith? Come on, somebody. For a king and his cause. For a king and his cause. 
What this woman did was not the usual. It was not the expected. It's been said, if you're not willing to risk the unusual, you'll have to settle for the ordinary. If you're not willing to risk the unusual, you'll have to settle for the ordinary. She moved out in faith. Come on, just as we're doing, have already begun and will continue to do. Moving out in faith, and her risk brought great reward. You see, no risks, no reward. Advance, the word advance, really, Paul the Apostle advanced the kingdom of God into the whole of the known world. And the word advance means to move. It means to go forward. It means to improve. It means to make progress. I learned something. Pretty much anything that moves carries a risk factor. I want you to track with me for just a second. Anything that moves, the word advance means to move. Come on, we're here on purpose. We're here this week with intentionality, and that is to advance the cause to advance for our king and his cause, his kingdom, into the earth, as we've been doing year after year after year. But anything that moves carries a risk factor. I want you to think about it. All types of transport are risky. Even a donkey. A donkey can reach around and bite you or crush your ankle against a wall. Just ask Balaam. Any kind of transport is risky. You see, if you plan to sit in your house all day, every day, then you're pretty much risk-free. William Shedd said, a ship is most safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships were built for. Here are a couple of principles that I want to present to you that risk-takers follow. Number one, again, we're drawing this from the life of Paul. Risk-takers refuse to say no just because it's scary. Come on, let's take some risk in faith this week. Let's prepare our hearts for God to do something supernatural this week. Come on, $1,985,000, that's supernatural. And we're going to see it continue and even be, exceed beyond because we serve a supernatural cap captain of a supernatural army with a supernatural cause. Risk-takers refuse to say no just because it's scary. Here's what one U.S. preacher said concerning the subject of risk, and I, being an American by birth, African by begging, <laughs> I can quote this because, actually, I am. Since I was with you last, God has blessed me with my citizenship of Kenya. I am... Come on, I'm bona fide African now. I had to wait four years. I applied and waited four years because I refused to bribe. And four years, and we're working on Miss Amy's now. We just got the final document she needs, and we are whole hog African. Come on. 
But here's what one U.S. preacher said concerning the subject of risk. America, listen to this. America wants the giant in sending missionaries to the world. People risking everything to go and give their lives on new frontiers is no longer leading the way. And here's his reason why. And I quote, there is a new idol in America. It's not one of the usual suspects, sex, drugs, or materialism. This new idol is so powerful and persuasive that it can dominate your decisions and determine your destiny. What is this idol? It is the idol of safety. Americans have grown up obeying signs posted everywhere, safety first. Over the last 30 years, Americans have created the most risk-averse society in history. Americans are the most seat-belted, bike-helmeted, airbagged, knee-pad-wearing, private school, glutton-freed, hand-sanitizing, peanut-avoiding, sunscreen-slathering, hyper-insured, massively-medicated, password-protected, valet-parked, security-systemed, full-inoculated generation in history. I'm going to read that again because... Americans are the most seat-belted, bike-helmeted, air-bagged, knee-pad-wearing, private-schooled, glutton-freed, hand-sanitized, peanut-avoiding, sunscreen-slathering, hyper-insured, massively-medicated, password-protected, valet-park-system-securityed, fully-inoculated generation in history, and all it has done is make everyone more afraid of everything. Now, you know what? When I read that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. This is so much in Africa now. We have been so influenced in Africa by the West, by this. We're, we're, we're just consumed with private schooling and even glutton-free, gluten-free. <laughs> Actually, glutton-free is also important. It's just consuming us. It's like the thing because it's happening in the West. And it's impacting here. It's affecting us. So I preach this hard in my church. Come on, we got to take risks. We got to rise up and be people, risk-takers. Come on, everybody. Risk takers refuse to say no just because it's scary. Secondly and finally, what you risk reveals what you value. What you risk reveals what you value. If you really value advancing the cause of Christ, the cause of our King, being one to reverberate the sounds of grace throughout the earth, then you will dare to go forward and brave all dangers. Though opposition and resistance will likely follow, you're prepared for it. Paul the apostle had one great value. 
And that was to make Christ known in regions beyond. This is what drove him. This was his passion. And he was willing to take risk by faith to see this fulfilled. Every decision he made focused on that one great value. Therefore, he risked it all. David Livingston said these words, I will place no value on anything I have or may possess except in relation to the kingdom of God. Whips, nails through hands and feet, filling the empty cup of the thirsty, resounding in a lonely prison, wrapping the naked in clothes, health to sick bodies, rescue the stolen. That's our value. That's what drives us. I will place no value on anything I have or may possess except in relation to the kingdom of God. This is no Sunday morning Christian lullaby church. Am I a risk taker? Or will I play it safe? This week, will I take a risk in faith? Or will I play it safe? I know. I already know the answer. We're seated here as God's people, setting our focus and setting our hearts this week not to play it safe. But we are hearing the cries and we're hearing the voices of crying, sighing, dying humanity. And we're going to set ourselves to take great risks in faith. God bless you.